0: Hey everybody, it's Tim. Welcome, or welcome back, to the LOH Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and our YouTube channel, where you can access all of our message content. Most importantly, I hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. We are starting a new series today, Uh, kicking that off today, L O H, um, beginning volume four of preaching through the book of Ephesians. A new you in the kingdom of God is for a purpose. You and I, knowing about our new you in the kingdom of God, is for a purpose greater than. A personal awakening to God. But isn't that awesome? Yeah. Isn't it awesome to know if you have, you have been awakened to God? I mean, literally, like coming out of a spiritual tomb because you heard the one who spoke the power of the gospel and you heard it and you came alive. That is awesome. What could be greater than that? Well, There is something greater than that, and it's this. That because you've been awakened, we walk out the Lord's calling in community, together, one another. Our unique kingdom identity, and God wants us all to know that, is best expressed in a new community. Community. That letter U in the middle, we're going to use that and play with it a lot over the next few weeks. We're going to talk today about a common unity in God's purpose together. We're going to discover that the Great Commission, when Jesus said to more than 500 people At the time, go into all the world. All power in heaven and earth is given to me. Go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations. Well, what does make disciples mean? Teach them to obey everything I told you to obey. And I'll be with you to the end of the age. So that means he's still here. The Great Commission is on all of the community and not only that the great commandment love God with all your heart soul mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself the great commission and the great commandment is on all of us and the only way to make it really expansive to reach exponentially is that all of us in community see this and go together in it Today, I want to start with message number one, and there are going to be many. Message number one called A New Point of You. This is a high calling. And we need a new point of you. So let's ask the Lord again to help us right now. Short prayer. Open the eyes of our heart, Lord, because your word and your spirit is welcome, not only in this building, but in what you're building on the inside of everybody awake in the spirit, everybody made alive in Christ. Come and influence us by your word and your spirit about community and calling. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this is the beginning of volume four, three other volumes. Volume One, I called "Real Church." Um, basically, in a nutshell, it was this: uh, When I got in the ministry, a uh, young kid, uh, I saw church as a, a people in a place, um, people who believed in Jesus, and the churches I'd been a part of, good churches. I've been blessed to be a part of good churches and good pastors. But many of the messages were crafted to bring people to a decision in Christ, even in the church on most of the times together. Uh, the, one of the main purposes was to crap so that people could make a decision for Jesus and we saw that paradigm successful with Billy Graham and other evangelists actually that was the model that was adopted into the church where where preachers uh, uh, preach the gospel and we were at the end you're praying for a decision at the altar and come down and all that what a what an how uh, that's how I got in how many of you got in sort of like that anyone Oh, you all need to get sick. Nobody? Uh, oh, gonna I was going to say, i got to preach a different message. To, no one. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what I'm here for. Why am I here? Uh, so that was, and that paradigm was the framework from which an, an entire uh, maybe century of church churches kind of worked with. Uh, you tried to get people to come to church, tried to get people saved at church, you know, and, and, uh, and pastors were asked to go uh, get your Uncle Ernie saved that didn't wanna to speak to you, so you put it on the pastor's shoulders and he had to go without cold call, didn't, you know, and not selling him insurance. You gotta, gotta get him out of hell, right? That's always a fun one. But, uh, so, but that, was, that was the model, that was the model. And the church was an audience of believers Evangelism was to get decisions with feeding the flock, but the gathering, being the end game, put a generation in a danger zone to see that as the all in all. But what I began to study and come to know, as every pastor I know and love that I sat under knew, was that was not the perfect paradigm. But it wasn't until 2001, actually on September 11th, 2001, I was in a conference with Dr. Jack Hayford, a very small group of pastors that I was fortunate, to this day I don't know how, was able to be there and I heard Dr. Hayford say before we had to cancel due to the Pentagon getting hit, But it was enough time for God to drop this seed out of that wise man of God, say, the metaphors are real. The metaphors in Ephesians of describing the people of God are real, and that got deeply planted in me. And then he looked at us and he said, the metaphors are the true paradigm. Pastor your churches appropriately. Because if you do, you will not only see spirit fullness, you'll see spirit formation. And the greater need of the church world is beyond spirit fullness. He said, Spiritfulness is like filling balloons and taking them down at the Macy's Day Parade. You go, Look, Bullwinkle, look, uh, uh, Cocoa Melon, look, I'm new, Coco Melon, whatever, right? Yeah, but, you know, or, but then another, you could just fill it with hot air and you're like, What is that? I don't know what that is. But the formation, you go, That's Snoopy. Well, the church needs to go beyond fullness to spirit formation because there are a lot of spirit filled people that have just been blowing all over the building of their church with no formation, no destination, no transformation, no intergenerational transformation. So that was volume one. Volume two was called My Body, His Church, which was a prep for where we're going now. Basically to say that Jesus Christ has no body on earth, but the people of God. Volume three, rags to riches had to come first before this one because we have to see what he has done for us, each of us in Christ to be. We have to see to be so that we can become together what we can't completely become by ourselves. Yep, which leads to volume four called community. Ephesians has six chapters. Ephesians 1 through 3 are foundational chapters where you see God's heart. I love these two phrases. At 5.30 every day, my friend Alexa says, Tim, meditate. And I say, thank you, robot. And then I began to spend about 20 minutes in the, minding the riches of Ephesians 1 and other things. If you'd like to be a part of my mental morning meditation, uh, you can. I'll, I'll send you, if you'd like, uh, I'll, give, I'll get somebody's phone number that you can call them and then in the church and then I will get, I'll get notes to them and then they can call. No, I'm just kidding. We'll figure out a way to get that to you. Come Wednesday night, I'll give them to you. Anyway, now I'll get them to you. Two phrases, the glory of his grace and the kind intention of his will. What a mindset about God and his view toward you. The glory of his grace and the kind intention of his will. All the riches are mentioned that every believer in Christ has already in chapter one. How we are forgiven, chapter one. How we've been set free. That we're quickened people, chapter two. That the wall of separation has been brought down by Jesus. We're all sons and daughters of God in Christ and his intention is to just share with us his loving kindness into the ages to come. And then, but when you, and and then we see that we're a body, we see that we're a family, we see that we're a flock that he shepherds all in the first three chapters. When you come to Ephesians chapter four, there is a pivot moment, but it isn't away from the foundational truths of the first three chapters. It's how you go toward building upon those truths, Ephesians chapter four begins to show us how we take the heavenly blessings into daily life living, not alone, but together. How we bless the body of Christ. How that everybody in the body of Christ, every awakened quickened soul is a blessing to the body of Christ. How we build the dwelling place of God, whether we ever add on here or move to somewhere, that doesn't matter as much as how we build up the people who are the real building of God. You're the real building project of God. Mm. And it's important. So when we get to chapter four, that's where Paul is taking us. So let's let Paul teach us, you ready? Ephesians chapter four, starting in verse number one, the apostle Paul has been writing and he says this, therefore I The prisoner of the Lord implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. In Christ, if you're a real Christian, beyond churchgoer, you're a really awakened, quickened soul. You know what we are? We're a bunch of new creations. We are a bunch of new creations in a community of new creations. If we're in Christ, we are a cluster of life-giving, life-blessing cells in a real body of Jesus Christ. If we are in Christ, we are living stones in a dwelling place of God. If we're really in Christ, we are an assembly Awaken to hear and obey the shepherd's voice. That's who we are. If we are in Christ, we've already been made holy and blameless already by his blood so that we can walk into deeper dimensions of holy as his bride waiting for our king to come. Um, If we are in Christ, we are really an army all of us and we're called to contest spiritual darkness with the freedom keys one of the other things that dr hayford said he looked right out there and he looked at me and he was looking at everybody but he looked at me and i don't think he meant to look at me he just was i was like okay and he and he took his keys and he said pastor Pretend these are the keys. That can go home to your church and convince the people in the pews that the Holy Spirit wants to press the keys of the kingdom in their hands. Amen. How do we practice in such an everyday life these high and lofty realities? How? Paul tells us, therefore... That's that's where we're going. He put therefore to say one through three, therefore, here's how you do what he put therefore. Here's what you do. The riches for all of you that are holy and blameless, loved ones of God, who are basking in the reality of the kind intention of his will toward you, basking in the revelation of the glory of his grace that you can't take your eyes off of. Therefore, Raised to fulfill the destiny now that you've been captured and brought back onto the path that you were born to be on. Therefore, I, the prisoner, which means I have been love bonded to Jesus. Love bonded. I am in a love bond with Jesus, he says. And it's because before I was with him, he was with me. He loved me so deeply that I Velcroed to him. And I identify like this. He has taken me prisoner, but don't feel sorry for me. I feel sorry for those that aren't prisoners of the Lord. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you, strong word, you, you, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which with with which would you say these words out loud with me? You have been called. Notice this. This wasn't written to pastors. Ephesians one one doesn't say to the pastors in the region of Ephesus. No, no. This was written the parishioners. Walk in a manner worthy of the call from which you have been called. Now it was also though to point to pastors to the true north to pastor in a way that leads the church to the true north, which is fulfilling the purposes of God. Not you, feeding, teaching so that those who are the called, the rich in the spirit, awakened, can walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Now, we're gonna go on to the next verse, but before that, i put a parenthesis of of a prayer that Paul prays in Ephesians one, and the reason is because he knew then what we know now. A lot of people don't know that. And even if you did know it, your light can get dim, and your light can go out. So Paul says, watch this, for this reason I too Having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you and your love for all the hagios, Greek word for holy ones, and your love for all those that the blood's made holy. Your love for all the people from the back to the front row. Your love for all from the greeters to the ushers to the big cheesers and the little cheesers. In other words, Paul says, I, I see the proof that God is really working in your church. What's the proof that God's really working? The community has a faith in Jesus that's vibrant. It is existing. They're not singing songs about remember the day. They're not singing songs about, oh God, make a way, we need to revive. These people have a faith that is faving. And... A real faith that is faithing has a love for all the saints. Spirit-filled churches that fight with each other aren't spirit. They're filled with a spirit, but it isn't the spirit of God. Take the sign down in the front that says all the gospel till you get that one down. Take it down. Get the flame off the chart. He says, I do not cease giving thanks for you. Commending the people while making mention of you in my prayers. He mentions them. He tells them they're on the mark, that their maturity is clearly measured and it's on the right track. And so he prays. Why would you need to pray for them? Because he's like, I don't want that light to go out because there probably isn't many lit churches like that. I pray that God will continue to give you a spirit of wisdom, meaning you see it, but you you, you know how to apply it, wisdom, and revelation, apocalypsis, in the knowledge of him and, not just knowledge of him, wow, well, I love God, I'm deep in God, me and God have a good thing going, me and Jesus have a good thing going, me, Jesus and the country singers. And, but he goes on and he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what? The hope of his calling. God is actually hoping that you and I walk in a manner that is worthy of the calling which, which we have been called we need light light that shines riches when the devil's telling us we're rags light so that we know that there is a reason for why i'm saved and we know what the reason is and we walk in a minute i'm sorry for w- waking him up <laughs> tell him to come back next week Walk in a manner worthy. It means to, if 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 this was something that contained liquid, if this was something that contained liquid, the the walking worthy is a is a word picture of if walking worthy of your calling means the whole thing full of liquid. It means fill your call. When 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 he sees how you've walked out your life, it's filled. Not, there's not a couple drops in the bottom. I mean, it's, it's up there. Fill up. Live out the worth. And in such a way, in such a way that people who don't know God, like the whole country was watching that young, what was going on with this young man. Huh? And then the stories about the homeless uh, work he's done and what he's done in Pittsburgh for kids and Mike Tomlin getting on there, coach of the Steelers saying, "I I knew this kid since he's been a kid. I mean, this isn't just something new. This kid didn't just read a book about Jesus. This guy's been walking with the Lord, right? Show the value to others that you serving Jesus is worth serving him you serving Jesus is worth following Jesus you the way you give the way you live and he's even willing he's even worth dying for I hope for more amens on that you got it we're not saved to sit we're saved to serve so how do we walk this out What does somebody who's walking this out really look like? How do you really fine tune this walk where you're walking your shoes fit? It's not making your head pain on the bottom of your heels. You're really walking this out to walk it out right and to make, not not to make a noise, but to make a joyful sound. How do you do that? Here's how, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to do what? Preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Remember what I said about Joseph had a quality in his righteousness last week? About raising your kids in a right kind of rightness? Remember that? The right kind of rightness, how important it is? The quality of our rightness. Listen, I, I, I love people. I'm one of them, you can tell. I have convictions. I have compassion. I can't give a speech even though I try and I get concerned, I go way overboard and I get too nuts. So I even have little notes that I write to myself, be, present, but don't be, don't over, you know, don't, don't like gnarl people, you know what I mean? Like, you know, just, but I have such a passion, so I'm sorry if I, I don't intend to, and, anyway, I don't wanna try. The quality of our rightness about our convictions, you have, you have any convictions? I've met what I, what I know about people that are really worth their salt. They got something to say, they got something to believe, they got something to, they, they want to help, they got a question, they go, I want to do it, I want to, and that's all great. That's great, 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 great. But the quality of our convictions and passions has to be in humility, gentleness, patience, the riches we possess. Here's why because everybody that we're passionate to change in the house, they have the same level of rightness in God's eyes that the people who want to change them do. Not one thing that we have from God we earned. Even John the Baptist said it. What does anyone have that God didn't give them? Who can we, why can we boast? We can't, I can't boast, I can't, God give, has given me a gift in certain things and really not gifted in other things. Really way not gifted. In other things. Way not gifted. In other things. So. But every gift, everything. You didn't get it. You didn't earn it. Paul said I didn't deserve it. You didn't deserve it. None of us. That's why we walk with an attitude of humility. The word means be lowly. When we approach people, we're coming up to them. Not coming down to them. And passion can unintentionally or intentionally look like you're coming down to people and I don't know the elevation of the platform sometimes I think yeah you know what I mean I don't want to do that and I know I'm passionate please don't take it that I I am a I'm a work in progress so are you we all are in humility gentleness it means with a light touch walk out you're calling in the midst of the community with a light touch So, I'm down at the River Nile walking out of here last week, and someone walks up with Moses in a basket. He's 16 weeks old. He's been doing it his way, whatever way he was allowed to do it, for three months. And I don't know if you know this about Yorkies, but Yorkies aren't born to serve anybody else's interests. I raised one for 7 years. And all he wanted, all he wanted was just 24 hours a day attention nonstop. That's all he asked for. And they're all the same. But he's a baby. He had not know. And he he's, he thinks that when you go the right thing to do is cuz of what my buddy my friends did my Sisters, dimmer. Well, there's the there's the place on the rug, and here we go. I'm doing my th- I'm I'm serving the Lord, you know, and uh, that's not how it rolls. So we got a long way- we got to, we got to turn that ship. And so this gentleness, light touch thing, I'm like going, Oh Jesus, you're God above. Patience, tolerance for one another in agape love, not just a little bit of love, not just not just love songs '70s pop-song love not Barry Manilow love love no the God kind the cross level forgive them they know not Forgive him, he know not what he's doing that kind of love that kind of love. get down and wash his feet and wash his butt and wash his stuff that kind of I'm sorry that real deal that kind of love that's right that kind of love that kind of love thanks a lot A lot of people come up to me and said, hey, if you need a babysitter, I marked you down. (laughs) Marked you down. I might not tell you when I'm bringing him. (laughs) I love him. He's awesome. But we are in a struggle. Western civilization. Who's going to be world ruler? And I got news for Mr. Baxter. It ain't going to be his little one pound, seven ounce your pastor preach on. I don't know if he said but twice. But anyway. (laughs) Come back next week. (laughs) Some people have never been to church before. I'm trying to talk your language. Anyway. Anyway. we We are in a, we are in a, we are in a for one another community. We are in a for one another community. We are in a for one another community. And some people decisions we make might be one that they wanted us to make a different one and we want to do our best so that everybody wins without compromising where we're going in the paradigm of God and it's a lot easier to do that if the hill you're willing to die on the place you're going to make your advancement that where you're going to plant your flag is on this with all diligence preserving the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Mm. Say it again. I will. <laughs> Anybody that wears an Andrew McCutcheon hoodie to church, you're getting a second say it again. Listen, so here it is Preserving the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There should be a shalom awareness in our family of faith. There should be where people notice these people are Velcroed together in a presence of acceptedness, acceptance. You know why? One of the metaphors in Ephesians is family. And the metaphors are real, And we need to be diligent at this. Diligent, make, be, dil- I implore you, if you want to fill up the worthy meter, humility, gentleness, love, being diligent about, man, whatever you pound the desk about, whatever 10 pounds it about, a bigger pound the flag that's at a higher mountaintop level is, with all diligence. Keep the unity of the spirit. Don't take your ball and go home. In the unity of the spirit, in the bond of peace. That's right. Why is that? Here's why. Because there is one body. Now there are over 400 and some denominations I've heard, which means somebody's wrong. Just do, somebody's got to be wrong, right? About 400 or something. So we can't, I can't fix that. You can't fix that. But but according to God, there is one body and there's one Holy Spirit. There isn't a Pentecostal Holy Spirit and a Catholic Holy Spirit and a Baptist Holy Spirit. Although there might be denominations that have preached the funeral of the Holy Spirit moving in the present day church, he's still here. There is only one Spirit and you were called in one hope of your calling. I mean, that means when God called you and me, he meant it. And on the day I die, he will have not forgotten it. Wait again. <laughs> Andrew McCutcheon. And when we die, he will have not forgotten it that's why Paul said I pray all the time for God to keep putting the light on your riches light up mind your riches because I you gotta hey before you die you have to fill it up you have to fill up the worthy meter remember he didn't write to the pastors of Ephesus no to the pews of Ephesus oh oh one lord one faith one baptism one god i think he's talking about oneness one god and father of all who is over all through all and in all hagios so if they don't pray like you don't pray like me don't serve as diligent don't show up as much in god's eyes although he wants to work with all that the way we do it is with a light touch and patience keeping the unity of the spirit instead of blasting and planting our flag on our issue or our conviction or God told me's. How do you argue with people when they told you that God told them? What are you gonna do with that? Don't, don't even try. I've seen God change his mind in their lives many times after that. I've seen that. I've seen people come from, come to this town led by God, leaving, told, saying God led them to leave and they're back doing it again. Well, God's sometimes confused. but with gentleness and a light touch. Help us Jesus, huh? Anybody need an altar call yet? I do. I've already preached myself under, I gotta live this. Okay. But to each one of us, keep going, grace was given. Each one, grace. Notice, not earned as a reward. No, grace unearned giftedness from God to the praise of the glory of his grace by the kind intention of his will you didn't have to arm wrestle God for anything like Jacob bless me bless me I won't let you go no here you go here you go how much grace how many gifts according to the measure of Christ who fills the universe with himself come on now That means every Christian is in grace. Every Christian is called. Every Christian is gifted. Every Christian is anointed. Every Christian is unique. We don't need two you's, we just need your best you. All of us are in the same community. And look, this is how God builds. This is how God reaches the world. This is what God really desires his church all over the world to see. Why? Because we live in a selfie civilization. And it creeps into the church. The, the, the Constitution of the United States of America is great for a, for a country. But it's not about the pursuit of your own happiness in the kingdom of God. Let me show you. Next verse. From whom, that's Jesus, the whole body. Do you mind if I, the whole body, give me a second. The whole body, the whole body, which you're in, I'm in, being fitted together. Being, we hold, we hold the whole body together by every joint Supplying. It was an old spiritual that I remember hearing when I first got in the church. Did you ever hear it before? The ankle bone connected to the shin bone, (laughs) the shin bone connected to the knee bone, the knee bone connected to the hip bone. Oh, hear the word. It comes from Ezekiel's prophecy. Your job is to call for the wind to come, preach this word, and I'll make the people go joint to joint. Stand up on their feet. From whom? Jesus Christ ascended to the Father, poured out the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. He didn't go back up. Did he go back up? Why are so many prayers about him coming down then in songs? Did he go back up? I'm asking you from a biblical point of view. A lot of times we are like the, the guys on the Mount of Olives. He goes up and there they are. Wonder when he's coming back. What do you think? And the angels who are down here, did you, did you see that? The angels, where were the angels? Down here. They say, men of Galilee. Get your eyes on Galilee. Not up there. That's not heresy, that's Bible. Why are you looking up there? Why you got your prophecy charts out? Why are you wondering, anyway. He's coming back, but do what he told you to do. What did he tell you to do? Take this, take this thing to the ends of the earth. Take this thing to the ends of the earth. Christ is up there now, But Paul tried to say because there was a heresy in the Colossian church that by knowledge you climbed up to levels of the spirit by your knowledge and your revelational knowledge, sound familiar? That, that had big shots, little shots, big anointings, little anointings, no anointings. And he blew that out and he said, no, 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 no. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, not Christ come down on me again. Christ in you. here is what would make the devil Lose sleep when you really believe that Christ is in you. Because from whom, and we think up there, no. From whom Christ, where is Christ? The body is on the earth, you're in. From whom the whole body, from whom the whole body, stay with me, being fitted, held together by every joint supplying according to the proper working of each part, what happens? Causes the growth. The growth of the body of Christ the growth of the, of, the, of the gospel gone to the ends of the earth, it's a waste of time to pray for God to send us something else from up there. God is waiting on us to realize what's in here. And from within, without. Jesus' prayer, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, wasn't meaning that we wake up every day with a magnet hoping it'll come down. He is trying to get our eyes off the skies and realize the Father and the kingdom is among us. That's what causes the growth. Let me ask you. Is Ephesians 4 in the Bible? Paul knew what he was talking about. Paul says, here is what causes the growth. From Christ within you, the body, every joint supplying, according to the proper working of you, not just the working of you or me, the proper working causes the growth look of the body for the building up of itself. Just let that. Here's today's points. Number one, you vital. It's vital every one of you in the you of community have the light continually shining on your ID in the kingdom of who you are and who he is in you it's you vital why why is you vital because without you we can't be to the degree he wants us to be it's vital that we specifically and personally understand that that we mind the riches so that we believe it but not only you vital number 2 you plural every devoted passionate 150 mile an hour leader please hear this it's not just you vital we are in a you plural because as great as you are in yourself we can't do what god wants us to do if you're so vital and you're so passionate that you blow through the other you plurals without gentleness, without humility, without diligence to preserve the unity of the spirit. The greatest thing I wanna ask you is not, did God tell you? The greatest thing I wanna ask you, did you influence by the grace of God a group of you? Because we're only as good, if you could run over by a truck and you're the greatest whatever, it's over. We got nothing now, we got nothing. Raise up your minor leagues. Make them the major leagues. One day, Andrew McCutcheon, when I pitched the, before the game started over there, I was asked to throw out the first pitch. He played then for Altoona. Nobody knew who he was. You did? Well, you're Bobby. That's why you did. That's why you did. I did. I did. I'm Bobby. I'm down in front row with my hoodie on. I'm <laughs> Listen. To the church at Ephesus, not the pastors. And when he says, you were forgiven, you, the you is in a plural sense. You know, in Western Maryland and even somewhere out here in West Virginia, Western Maryland, have you ever heard anybody say, you guys? Yep. You ever heard that before? Use guys? Hey, go, go, go live in a high rise in downtown Manhattan and go down to the cabin and go, hey, use guys. They're going to be, where'd you come from, dude? Paul, Paul? in the south i lived in the south they'd say y'all but if you live in the deep south you say all y'all so what god is saying what paul is saying to all y'all you plural beats you singular you singular is so vital because without every you singular l-o-h can't fulfill her mission but uh, but with a few vitals we can't fulfill our mission. With a few that you think have the bigger Jesus than you, we can't fulfill our mission. It's a community. Knit together. And in Pittsburgh, they don't say y'all, they say yins. Yins going? What? Yinz. Anybody from there? What ha- what What, I mean, where did, yeah, what? Yens, I don't know. But I'm, they're probably saying, use guys. Oh, you guys are rocket scientists there, used guys. Uh. And our influence, as much as it's great, and I love everybody to do this, be friendly at the corn roast, but God wants to use you in a greater dimension than shaking somebody's hand for the first time at a corn roast. You, vital. Every joint supplying, because you cause the growth. Oh, I just want to give praise to God. It's like the guy, it's like the guy who comes up to the guy who saw the church parking lot infested with weeds and leftover beer bottles and all this and that. And this guy comes up after this guy spent it all by himself at the church, clearing all that off. This guy comes up, Mr. Joe Spiritual or whatever, and he says, listen. Boy, look what God did over there. And the guy said, well, you know what? When God was doing it on his own, it was still a mess. It was still a mess. New point of view. Calm unity. Common. Communing. Communicating. In the military, calms How important is it to get the comms to the troops where they're stationed? How important is it for the leaders to send the right message, the comms, to trust that comm, to get to the people that need to know exactly? How important is it? Heaven's comms have already been sent. And it's vitally important that as an army metaphor, We see the calms of heaven, not as options, but as commandments. Walk out your calling in a manner worthy. It's not an option. I implore you, I implore you, I implore you, Paul says. Communication between one another is so vital. None of us, you vitals, has a license to lead alone from God or me, why? Because the purpose, the purpose is for the team, for the body, for the exponential influence to go out beyond a select few. You vital, but you plural. If we're going to continue to spread the influence, the leadership pool has to develop and grow. And the comms have to be clear and sent. We all have to communicate community also means that we do this why do we do this because we're not a business we're a family we're a kinship we are a real family anybody hear this song from the 70s in your head right now now you will shall I sing it no <laughs> same bo- we're the same body we're the same spirit all right so let me end with this, calm unity. And I love that nitty thing. I don't know if it's doing uh, disservice to this word, busting it all up, but I can't help but think about net menders. When it says about pastors and teachers preaching the word and teaching, the word is the same word for mending the nets. Same word that when Jesus saw Peter, James, and John mending their nets, they wanted it so they wouldn't break so they could catch the fish. Let me ask you this, what do we mend nets for? What do we have nets for? To catch other net menders? No, to catch fish. There's been too much shifting sheep. And we measure by numbers. God doesn't. Well, we got, how many of you got running? And I used to say in or out. I heard one old man say one time, pastor, say, say when, they, when everybody was bo- boasting about how many they had, he said, well, I don't have any, many additions, but thank God I got some great divine subtractions. <laughs> there were some people that were really happy when Dennis Rodman got traded from the Detroit Pistons. And there was some Chicago Bulls that got really happy when Dennis Rodman got traded to the Chicago Bulls. We are a community and God can measure. He doesn't measure by how many. He measures by how many are growing into the metaphors that are real. So, our maturity isn't measured by our confession of faith. Our maturity isn't measured by how the Holy Spirit hits us when we sing oceans. The Holy Spirit is measured. The, uh, the Growth in us is measured how are we contributing our you vital into the body here? The family, the flock, the temple, not the the temple, the presence. How are we, each one of us, I don't know. God knows that, God, that's how you measure, you measure. You measure ma- your maturity based on the metaphors because the metaphors are real. We knit. Together. All right. Last thing I want to do, guys. You can come up. Not everybody. The band. <laughs> Bobby, you can come up to show the. There's three prayers I would like you to consider uh, partnering with me in, and I'm going to add some more prayers in, in weeks to come. I've preached myself sauna bath level up here number one all right you can you can screenshot those if you'd like get me out of the picture and screenshot those i'd like you to take those and if you'd like please um, pray with me these are my prayers one that his calling on each of us will be like a flame growing into action I'm not interested in what your pronouns are, with all due respect. And I'm not sure. Well, you know, I've got the gift of shaba dabada whatever it is. I got the gift of this or that or that. I'm the gifted blah 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 blah. Here's the thing: it's not about what you know. It's are you growing? Are you contributing? Are you plugged into the metaphors? Plugged into the leadership? Pray that His calling on each of us will be like a flame growing into action. Number two. each of us pray this pray for us pray that each of us serving our church community with compassionate I'll take compassion over passion most people don't get in trouble for compassion but I'll tell you what I tell you what in a lot of my untempered zeal of early days of my pastoring and leading man out of passion. You couldn't have told me to get out. I'm blasting through, man. You see it. You know it. You go it. But then you don't realize sometimes you knock people out on the way. I'll take compassion over passion. Because you get both. And the calm, the calm has to do with being diligent with a gentle touch, and patience, kindness. Um, and the third one, pray that the Holy Spirit shining this light to every one of us. He's shining this light to every one of us. All of these right here, and more that I'll include, listen, you vital. I, I, can't, I can't tell you how important this, listen, I mean this, the mission of LOH depends on this. Here's the takeaway, last slide. I prayed so much in my life, God, for a move of the Spirit. Have you ever prayed that? It's a good prayer to pray. It really is a good prayer to pray. But you know what? I feel like God's given me a, a light about. This is the definition of the move of the Spirit that God wants to bring in today's church. Go to the next slide, please. Anybody up there? Can you go to the next slide, please? Hey, next slide. All right. Whoops. Is Is it up there? Thanks. Oh, it's down there. Everybody pray that it would go up there. In Jesus' name, go up there. And now don't, you don't do it, we'll just pray it to happen. Right? We'll just say it. It happened because we prayed. No. We said it and it came to be. Right, that's what we do. Anyway, here's the move of the Spirit. This is a biblical, this is me, just blame me if you don't, and if it's wrong, I want to be right, so tell me what's better or what's right. This is a biblical, in my this is a definition of a kind of movement of the Spirit we shouldn't be waiting on. For our Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are waiting on His community to move. Every... I. So many people are waiting for it to drop, waiting for the ball to drop, waiting for the heavens to open. The heavens have been open since Jesus said tetelestai on the cross. Sorry. New levels, new anointings, all these words we use. I'm not saying they're wrong, but listen, we we better read the words of Paul. Paul's words trump every modern day YouTuber, every prophet, every preacher, every book, every guy, every girl, everyone. Paul's words trump all those things. And here's what he said. What God is waiting God is waiting on the move of the Spirit. God's the one waiting on the move of the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is waiting on the move of the Spirit. The move of the Spirit will come when we move into the riches, into the you vital, and the you plural. Because the way God grows his church is through people with Christ in them. Would you stand, please? I'd like to come before the Lord right now. Nobody moving around, please. Reverence to the presence of God. Let's open our hearts. I want to ask some questions to you. Watchers, listeners, podcasters later. Hear the questions. Ask yourself this question in the presence of the Lord. Ready? This is nobody's, this is you and God. Here he is. Am I spiritually alive? And if I'm spiritually alive, here's another one. Has Christ come into my life in such an impactful way that my life has become his kingdom? Here's another question. We're in the presence of the Holy Spirit right now. Do spiritual touches do more than touch me? Am I being changed by the spiritual touches of God? Does the change of the Holy Spirit lead me to bodybuilding, family blessing, seeing myself as a fisher of men? Shh, shh, just just let God talk to us. Am I learning from the Spirit? Am I learning from the Spirit? And in what I'm learning from the Spirit is the call as a person in the kingdom intensifying in my life. With the influence of the Spirit on me, filling me is it forming me to fit in or am i sitting it out in the inventory of my life discipleship how much does these things matter to me through the week like will what god is saying to me now be the heartbeat of my life on Wednesday and Thursday of next week. Am I, am I more of a project for the Lord? Or am I his prisoner? I mean, we're talking grace here. No, no judgment. I'm just talking grace. But we but this is the Paul. I implore you about the diligence, about really filling up the worthy meter. Um, am I a project for the Lord? Here he goes again. Oh, he's offended. Blessing it up again. Bull in China chop in the church again. Come to bless this one now, or am I a prisoner? Am I bonded to serve not only him, but his people? Bonded. The young man that came back to life on the football field. What if we prayed? I thought about this. Isn't it it amazing to see that America's prayer? Isn't it amazing? A guy on ESPN praying right there on TV. didn't care if he got fired or not. It was in his heart. It was in his heart, right? Right? Every team, yesterday, those guys on those other teams out there praying, people sitting in the seats praying. Here's what I thought. I love that. But here's what I thought. What if we saw the American church almost to the point, almost to the point of cardiac arrest? Would we pray for the church like we prayed for that young man? We need to. There are people and churches on life support systems. Will we pray for the work of the kingdom? This, that brother, if he was here, would be right now saying, I amen that. He would be amening what I just said, DeMar. He is not an athlete that just made a nice play and gave God a point. Here's a guy that was doing the stuff unknown to the whole country. Behind the scenes, on the streets, in the neighborhoods, he was doing, he was filling up the worthy of the call meter before anybody knew who he was except for the Pittsburgh people and the Buffalo people. And now everybody knows, but God knew and saw, if this would have never happened and you never knew, God was watching this young man's life. He's filling up the meter and it wasn't about being public. It wasn't about being on national television to him. He, if he would have died, he would have died with the meter filled and none of us know when our death is coming. And you know what else? If it wouldn't have been for the EMTs, trained, taking directions from their boss about what to do, that man with the prayers would have probably died. It was the providence of God who had the people, I don't even know if they were Christians. I don't know anything, do you know? I don't know, do you know? It doesn't matter. They were trained and in the moment they needed to be there for a young kingdom kid, they did what they had to do, and God did what he does. They listened to their leader, they knew their role, they knew the calms, and God is saying to his church, will you create space in your life to be that serious about the church, the call of God, the plan of God, the people who know him, and those who have yet to know him? Will you do that? Community. Message one, with many to come. Taking a new view of you. Heavenly Father, meet us during this song. Help us to consider these things in a deep way by the work of your spirit, not from up there, but from in our beings. Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Dustin, and thanks for listening. If you live in the Western Maryland area, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services or weekday gatherings. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environment, please visit myloh.church.